Hey, sis. How you doing? What you doing? Oh, wait. I know what you're doing. You're home. We're all home all the time. It has been a hot minute since I have reached out to you. And if you've forgotten even who this is or what's happening... (laughs) Let me just remind you, my name is Abby Walker, and I used to run a podcast called Confessions of a High Strung Woman. And I got, I was, things were rolling along. I got about eight episodes in, really feeling good. And then my life went bonkers, like smacked me right between the eyes, turned, turned upside down, like went totally crazy. And I fell off the podcasting wagon. And to be fair, I felt like I was doing you guys a favor because I feel like I have been the literal definition of like, I have a song called Hot Mess Express and I feel like I've been her (laughs) like all of the days, but not even like the Hot Mess Express, like she had the time of her life last night, just kind of like the Hot Mess Express of like, I'm perpetually on the struggle bus. Like, can somebody get me off this ride? (laughs) Um, In the last year, we have moved across the state of Texas sold our house in San Antonio, um, sold it without having a new one to move into. That was in December. I moved into, uh, moved in with my parents during December through until we bought this new house in Dallas in February. And Ryan was in hotels starting in August full-time here in Dallas while I was back in San Antonio trying to sell our house. And then in the middle of all of that, this really crazy cool thing happened where the Chiefs went to and won the Super Bowl. And if you don't know, Ryan has worked with the Chiefs for like the last 14, 15 years. We're so incredibly grateful and um, have always dreamed about the opportunity to go to the Super Bowl, but like it was just above and beyond. It was 50 years since uh, the Chiefs won their last Super Bowl. It's their second Super Bowl ever, and it was just the coolest experience. That's another podcast. But so we win the Super Bowl. We literally get home. I, I get back to San Antonio on Monday. And we're going to move into our new house on Friday. And Ryan is in Kansas City for the parade and doing all this kind of stuff. And by the time we close the door from the movers in our new house in Dallas, we're both like, this has been the craziest, like, coolest week of our lives. But also, like, I can't remember my name. Do you remember my name? Do you, I, don't, I don't know your name. Like, I think I'm married to you, but that's all I know. And so we settled into trying to rest a little bit uh, and figure out, you know, our lives. And then just as soon as we were kind of getting into a groove, the world shut down. Oh, my gosh. Like, this is the craziest, strangest scariest, like all of the things time. And we're all at home with like shelter in place, stay at home orders and all this kind of stuff because of COVID-19. And we're home because we're protecting both ourselves and then our loved ones, you know, from, from spreading this thing. And there's just so much that we don't know, but we, but we, what we do know is that we're home. And being home is like my favorite thing. I am 100% an introvert with an extrovert's job. So what that means is like I recharge being home totally by myself. Like if I don't have to leave leave my house, it's a great day for me to really like rest, recharge my batteries. Um, what is not super restful for me is to be home for 34 days with all the people that I live in the house with. And by all the people, I really just mean like my dog and my husband. 
And they're my favorite people. And yeah, I think my dog is a people. It's cool. Whatever. Um, but it is, I mean, shout out to marriage, y'all. Like, I don't know. Let me just put it this way. Like, we, we've been pulling out the boundaries to marriage books. Like, we, we've, been, we've been trying to read our books and do some work here because... Like, I mean, I've laughed really hard at the memes that are like day 17 of quarantine. And it's just Michael Scott saying like, why are you the way you are? And I'm like, yes. You know, you think, you know, somebody you live with them, but you like leave from the house and you go to the grocery store and you do your jobs and you run your errands or you take trips. (laughs) But then when you live each other with each other constantly, um, you learn all kinds of new things and you know. It's just, it's a very clarifying time for so many of us. Um, I had really hesitated on doing this podcast specifically about like being a high-strung woman in quarantine because I was like, I uh, I am sucking at it. Like I am not killing it. My mom had, had mentioned, she was like, you need to do a podcast about being a high-strung woman in quarantine. And I was like, oh, hell no. She's like, why? And I was like, because I'm a mess. Like... I have all of the feelings on any given day. I have no advice or help to give <laughs> to anyone. <laughs> Nobody should have to hear this. They're all dealing with their own situations. And then the more I thought about it, I was like, you know what? Like one of the things that has come out of this that I think is so fantastic is that where there used to be like this high gloss over everybody's lives and careers and like, dinners, like how great of a dinner they made, you know, um, it's gone. Like being stuck at home and businesses being closed and, and, you know, hair salon and nail salons being closed, like the Instagram worthy lives that we were putting out there, like they, they're gone, like maybe forever, but definitely for right now. Like we all have like trailer park roots. If you got blonde hair, you working with, with the trailer park root situation, you got some Cruella DeVille nails. At least I did. I tried to do my own and they were so much worse than when I didn't have, like when I needed a, needed to get them redone. I was just like, well, this is just, this is something I'll never forget. You know, like total job security <laughs> for the nail techs of the world because I won't be doing my nails at home anytime soon. But the point of what I'm trying to say is the sheen and this gloss and the filter over our lives, they're gone and it's awesome. Like, it's really awesome in in a lot of different ways. So let me give you an example. Um, in the music industry, which is what I operate in sometimes, um, haven't done a whole lot lately, but um, everything is so produced and everything is so intentional and there's backing tracks and there's, you know, um, background vocals and, you know, your outfit's right and the lighting's great and all this kind of stuff. And when major networks in the United States are producing and broadcasting an entire hour of music that's like a Music Cares kind of like a show, and it's literally just artists at home with their iPhone in their living room with one instrument, like, and they may not even necessarily play that well, especially if there's somebody who's like a singer. Um, Like Kelly Clarkson has done several videos from the bathroom in her cabin in Montana. Cause like her piano player's not there, right? A guitar player's not there, but she's like, Hey, I'm going to sing you this song. And we're all like, Oh my gosh, we love it. And why do we love it? Because it's real because it's a mom of multiple children hiding in the bathroom for a moment to try and do something for herself and to feel sane. And, and we're like, yes, we connect with that. And the truth is, is that 
that desire to connect authenticity and to realness, that's always there. But a lot of times we just get really distracted by the shiny. And like, there's so much freaking less shine in terms of like aesthetically and like how things, you know, can look. And it's actually really beautiful. And so in that effort, I was like, all right, I'm going to come to the table and just be like, look, I'm, I'm, I'm a hot mess. Like I don't have a lot of I don't have a lot, I don't have a three point plan for how, you know, you should kill it in quarantine. Like that's not, that's not what you're going to get here. What you are going to get here is at least just this, hopefully the sound of a voice who sounds like your friend who's like, oh my gosh, I'm trying my best, but what the hell? <laughs> that's what you're getting. And sometimes we just need to hear that and to be able to laugh and then, you know, put our kids to bed early or hide from our husbands and our dogs and, you know, maybe drink tequila in a closet. I don't know. I don't know how you get down. I'm, I'm not saying that's what I'm doing, but maybe that's what I'm doing. So a couple of weeks ago when I was considering doing this, I was like, I'm going to ask people how they're dealing. Cause we've, we have y'all, we've been in quarantine forever. Like Ryan and I passed the 30 day mark. And I was like, how is this possible? Like for 30 days. And he's somebody who leaves the house all the time. Like normally, like he is just like, Oh, I'm going to go run and do this. I'm going to run and go do that. And for him to be locked down has been very interesting. Um, but we, we passed that mark and I was just like, Oh my gosh, like We've done things like all the projects, like he's built me shelves. He's turned into handy dandy, like major props to the hubs. Like he's, he has gone to Home Depot a lot. Like he, he puts on the masks and the gloves and totally looks like he's about to, he comes home and washes his hands like a surgeon. Like I will, he's so serious about it that his hands, which I'm not saying you shouldn't be serious about it. But they're like raw, like they're so chapped. I mean, he's super serious about it. And I'm very grateful because he's kept us very safe. Anyways, what I'm trying to say is we're embracing what life really is right now. And I fought it tremendously. Like for many weeks, I've really, really struggled and honestly been like really depressed because I'm just, I hate to feel stuck. Like I hate to feel stuck. And so when I was kind of one of those bouts, I was like, I'm going to ask other people like what they're doing and maybe that'll help me. And maybe I'll have something to talk about on this dumb podcast that I need to do. I know I need to do it, but I'm scared to do it. So anyways, oh, Facebook, it's not nearly as like wild west as Twitter where people will say literally anything to you, anything. But, um, so I put it on Facebook and I'm like, Hey, you know, what are you guys doing to stay sane during this quarantine? Just asking for a friend, you know, and I got some really great responses. And then I also got some responses that like made me want to punch people in the face if I'm totally honest here, right? That's what we're talking about. We're being honest. Okay. So I got lots of people who are like, oh, I'm baking or I'm working in, you know, in the yard or I'm, um, you know, trying to learn a new language or, you know, whatever. I'm like, those are all super admirable. Um, and then other people who are like, I'm hiding in, <laughs> my favorite one was, uh, I'm hiding in the bathroom from my kids. I locked the door and I'm eating ice cream by myself. And I was like, that's my kind of girl. Like, yes. You know, anyways, but then I don't know what it was. Like every once in a while you catch the right group on Facebook at the right time. And all those people chime in. And so I got a bunch of them, about 75% of the people on, um, in the comments on my question were like, Oh, I'm loving this. I have just done two workouts. I'm eating my healthy shakes for meals. And I've gotten so much good time with the Lord in. Like I just, I really, it's just been so good to just be quiet. I'm not, I'm not trying to make fun of them. Like here, you know, get it. You get it. But my gut level response to the people who done two workouts a day and were having their healthy shakes 
and they had all the quiet times was literally without filter and hesitation. I remember reading them and sitting on the couch, like what involuntarily came out of my body was <laughs> like, if I could have, I would have booed them like the, the old, uh, what is it? The old witch in princess bride, boo, boo, <laughs> because I was like, I am not killing it. And I love that you're killing it, but I really just don't want to talk to you anymore. <laughs> like, I don't want to hear anything else about this because I am struggling. Like I have all of the feelings. Like I want to feel like I can do all the things. And then I have moments of just feeling really sad and feeling really anxious. Like I'm worried for like my little nephew has asthma and he's my favorite. He's just, he's my favorite, my favorite little kid. He's so fun. He's so sassy, but because he has asthma, his parents have to be on super lockdown because it's a totally different kind of a threat the COVID is for somebody with a respiratory, like pre-existing condition. So I'm anxious for that. And I'm sad for the businesses. I'm sad for the dreams, like just we're getting started and this thing just shut them down. And and I'm worried about my parents. And at the same time, I'm like, I'm about to lose my mind. I have to leave this house or like there won't, like, I'm not going to survive. I'm not going to survive the quarantine because I just can't freaking do it anymore. Like all of the feelings and I had to let, like, at first I was like, oh, I feel so bad. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Lord, forgive me. You know, I shouldn't have that attitude. And then I was like, no, I re- that's really where I am, Lord. And if there's anything that I have learned about my relationship with you, is that it cannot thrive in a place of dishonesty. So we're going to be honest in the badness, okay? I'm not killing it. I am eating all of my feelings. I can't, I don't know what to do with myself. I'm not like... I'm working on my book and I know I need to be working on my book, but also like there's lots of days that I don't feel super inspired to write the things because I'm just, I'm just trying to make it. And I feel like, you know, every day we kind of wake up and hope like maybe they're going to tell us this is almost done. And then it just keeps getting worse and worse. And then you get hit by like the video from the hospital in Georgia where they're playing Waymaker over the loudspeakers. And the people who are literally on the front lines fighting every day to save people's lives and risking their own are on top of this hospital, raising their hands in worship and like asking God to be a way maker as they fight this terrible disease. And I'm a bawling mess for three days because I'm just like, this is, that's incredible. And like, yes, Jesus, you win, but also like, how are these people so brave? Like, how are they doing this? And I'm struggling with just staying at home and sitting on my couch. Like, come on. So what I'm here to say is wherever you are, whatever you're doing, if you're depressed, like I was a couple weeks ago where I went out to get groceries and it just made me so sad that the world was shut down. And when it makes the introvert sad that the world shut down, like I know it must be really, really bad for the extroverts of the world. Like, Maybe you're just angry because your life, you feel like you had no choice. And I do really poorly in places where I feel like I'm a victim and I'm stuck. Like I can't handle it. I kind of become like a caged animal and I rage like internally, like I'm not screaming at people out loud, but it, it, I find myself in this internal, in this internal place of like torment and like suffering because I'm fighting what is. I don't want it to be the way that it is. And like accepting it feels like failure, right? We're supposed to, you know, like stand together and fight this disease. But at the same time, like it's all, all these conditions and all of the things around this are kind of making us nuts. 
All right. So maybe you're there. Maybe you're killing it. Maybe you are doing three workouts a day and you're drinking your shakes. And if you are like, I'm so proud of you, but I got to tell you, if you're also, you're the mom or the wife hiding in the pantry, like just trying to eat ice cream by yourself. I'm really proud of you too. Like we're all doing the best that we can. This is super weird. Nobody's ever done it before. And it's all happening in this crazy political climate where nobody trusts anybody and everybody thinks there's agenda behind everything that we're saying, which just makes it that much worse. We're doing our best. We're trying to show up with where we are. And so here's all I want to say to you. You're a badass. You're a badass for showing up. You're a badass that your kids are still alive. You're a badass that you're still married. You're a badass that you had, you know, it's one of my favorite things. Talk about losing the gloss and the sheen in life. One of the girls I follow on Instagram, um, Hillary Rushford, who's so encouraging and so great. She's like, so we ran out of, you know, milk today. And so we had cornflakes on our yogurt. And she's like, it was a little dry, but, you know, we were okay. And I was like, that's what life is right now. It's this super weird place. Like, nobody's making these amazing dinners or maybe you are, you know, but we're all just like, we are trying to save and reserve and direct our energy for what we feel like needs us most. And if you're a mama, that's probably just keeping your children alive. If you're married, it's probably just not like losing it and trying to help for a future where like, you know, I just, I'm amazed always. My sister and her husband, they are so close. Like they do everything together and they love it. Like they are such a team in that regard. And Ryan and I are a team in a very different regard. And that like, we do really well with some space. Like we just, we need a little space and we're so happy to see each other when we've had some space. But if you take away the space, maybe we're not always so happy to see each other every minute of the day. But even in that, even in being home, we're finding a new rhythm and we're finding a new way to do things. And I just, here's what I want you to hear from me. Like you're doing great, whatever it is, you're doing great. And there are, there are a couple things that I can say that I have found make a really big difference for me. I have to get outside. I need to be outside at a minimum for an hour. And I have, you know, always had to walk our dog. He's super crazy, high energy. If I don't walk him, he destroys all of our earthly belongings, or whines and, and barks at me until I like pull my own hair out. And you know, we like hair. We need, we need to keep our hair. Um, but we have, I've started walking in a different way instead of it being like, Oh, I need to go get the exercise. I've also tried to walk as a means of lowering stress because the big thing that we're experiencing right now in one way or another is, is stress. It's anxiety, everything from like being afraid of the sickness and what's going on to the stress of just like, you know, my kids won't leave me alone or I can't get to my parents or I don't know what's real and what's not real. Like it's just a very, very anxious time. And when we've got all these feelings and all of these emotions going through our bodies, we have to process them, especially the anxiety and especially the stress because it turns toxic in our bodies. And maybe you found that like, you know, you're feeling more back aches or you feel more inflamed or your shoulders hurt or, um, you've had an upset stomach or whatever. Like, Man, I've just really, even this morning, I was like, I need to pay more attention to where I'm just like, there's this other aspect of we're like trying to just like suffer through and like make it through. And and we kind of tell ourselves to put on like, you know, our big girl boots and get out there and be tough. But there's this other aspect of um, we've got to find places to really stress. One of those is getting outside. Absolutely. Another one is laughing. 
Oh my gosh. So I hadn't done this in a while, but we did, I did a like Zoom. God bless Zoom. I mean, where would we be without the Zoom? I guess the FaceTimes, whatever. But um, because this girl's not getting on TikTok, like I don't care. I'll watch your videos and I will laugh and think that you're fantastic. But but the the world the, the world does not need Abby Walker on TikTok. Like it, it just mm, wouldn't wouldn't work, wouldn't happen. So, anyways, what am I trying to say? Okay, get outside, deal with your stress. Oh, laugh. So we did a Zoom happy hour, just an hour. And we all went to our favorite uh, place that has locations in all the cities of where we were at. And we, Gloria's, if you know me, you know I love Gloria's margaritas. Um, Went and got the margaritas ahead of time, put them in the freezer, came back, did the happy hour, and told stories. Everything from like, so let me tell you how long it's been since I've washed my hair. Or let me tell you what has happened here. Let me tell you, you know, like all of the things. And it was... We laughed so hard and it was so needed. So if you haven't laughed in a while, I'm, I'm really hoping and praying that you find something that can really, really make you laugh. If it's a TV show, if it's a comedian, if it's calling somebody who like for me, you know, I always get myself in really, I, I just find a way to get myself in these crazy situations. And sometimes it's not until you tell somebody else the story that you're like, laughing until you can't breathe and, and you're like, oh, my, I really, really need that. So find a way to maybe laugh today. Um, and then also find a way to uh, give to somebody today to love on, to love on somebody. Um, I don't, not, I'm not great about doing that every day because I can feel very o- overwhelmed at the needs some days and things like, where do I start and, and what is this? But there are so many, um, you know, they're, that are trying to make it like girls, let's just be real honest. Like our hairdressers, they're hurting right now. Like, and we need them. We need them to help make us pretty <laughs> so where you can just remind them that you love them and you're thinking about them, even if you don't have the money to like buy a gift card or, you know, whatever, like reach out to them or your teach, you know, your kids, teachers or, um, your nail girl. If you have a relationship with your, you know, your nail girl or on and on and on your favorite local restaurant, like things like that, um, where we can love on people. It's really, really important. And to give you an example, I was having a, you know, kind of a rough day a couple of days ago of just like, Oh, I'm just here again. I'm here again. And I'm taking the trash out. And, um, Ryan and I process things really differently. I, like I told you earlier, I really panic and feeling stuck. You know, I don't like being told that I can't leave, um, the house. Like what's hilarious is that I could stay at home for a month. Like no problem. Probably. Um, if somebody else didn't tell me I had to, I would be great. I'd be like, I'm just living my best life and getting things done and you know, whatever. But if somebody else tells me it's totally my rebel heart, Um, I need, I've seen that rebel, rebel t-shirt. I need to get me one of those anyways. So I'm having a hard time and I'm frustrated, but I also have just been, was having a day where I felt really sad and overwhelmed for so many people that I love that were just hurting, right? They're just hurting. Um, whether it's like people in healthcare or people losing their businesses or, you know, whatever. And, um, Ryan's response has been to be very, um, prepared and focused and, uh, solemn being in the sports industry. They have a very different responsibility, a social responsibility to protect their fans. And so canceling seasons and changing the way, you know, games are played and things like that to protect people is really, really important. So he's been like aware of this for way longer than I have. Um, but it, for me in some places that translated to like gloom and doom and I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so I pull it, pulling our garage, uh, pulling our, uh, trash cans out of the garage and, and setting them out for the, 
the um, trash guy to come by. And he comes up. He's got this big smile on his face. Such a nice guy, you know. And and I was like, how you doing? And he's like, you know, I'm all right. I'm all right. And I said, you guys staying well? And he said, oh, yeah. And he said, we're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. He said, it's not as bad as they're saying it. You know, he's like, it's, it, it's serious. But he said, we're going to be all right. And he was so positive and so sure of himself that I literally am looking at him and I just start crying. <laughs> like I go back in the house and I'm like, I'm like, I, I'm trying not to let him know that what he said to me just made me cry. But to encounter that kind of positivity for me in that particular day was profound and powerful. And I told Ryan you know, later, you know, I was just like the garbage guy talked to me and I just started crying and he looked at me and we both just laughed and I was just like, he was so positive and I just needed some positivity. Like we are, we're going to be all right. It's going to be okay. Like if you know and love Jesus, especially like you pray, you pray for those angels. I can remember growing up, like one of the things that my parents prayed, and I don't even know totally where it came from, but we would just pray. They would pray over us that his angels would surround us like on top of us and below us and at every single corner. And so when they would pray for us before we would go to sleep at night, they'd pray like that the Lord would surround the house with his angels and he would station them. He would assign them to every corner of the house and that he would keep us safe. And I can remember thinking that even as they methodically went over those places for me as a kid, it made me feel very safe. And it does even now as an adult. And so if you're struggling you know, with, with your family feeling unsafe, like you just pray, you pray that protection and you do, you plead the blood of Jesus, which has all authority. And there is this virus comes under his authority and we can pray that. And that's a place of action, you know, daily that can really, really help us and, and help us feel better. And then, you know, I think one of the great things to come out of Easter yesterday, even though it was so different for so many of us, like we were home, we were watching our churches, you know, on TV. And we, we've always laughed because Ryan, uh, when Ryan and I first got married, he grew up in Alamo city. Okay. So he's known my dad like most of his life and I've known him and stuff, but we didn't date and then eventually get married until we were in our mid twenties. And, um, but because I'm a fourth generation Baptist preacher's daughter, like the church holiday, the church holiday is the wrong word. The church like celebrations, things like Christmas and Easter, those are really big deals. And, um, as he is, you know, as we're married and he's kind of getting more and more immersed into like what it actually looks like in a pastor's home on and around Easter Sunday, he was like, I'll never forget. He was talking to my mom and he's like, Oh, shoes. That's what he calls her. That's what all the, we all call her. Um, shoes. He's like, I think I finally get it now. Like he's like, Easter is your Super Bowl." because Ryan's background is sports, right? And, and my mom just laughed so hard. And she was like, you're so right. Like it's everything from everything that goes on at the church. It's a really big deal. And then we have the meal afterwards with the family. And like, it's 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 the biggest event of the, the whole year for most churches. Um, Christmas is a big deal too, but um, Easter, Easter Sunday is, you know, it's, it's a big deal. And this was a very different one for so many of us. And it has, um, it really kind of refined the importance of the message yesterday. Like it wasn't about the Easter dresses and it wasn't about, you know, who brought their whole family to church and it wasn't about, you know, who's doing whatever. It was really like our hope is in the one who has resurrection power. My dad preached a great sermon on it yesterday and it was about resurrection power and that what his resurrection power looks like in our life is hope. And it's the hope to overcome things that would otherwise overpower us. But with the power of Jesus, like we have that hope that like God's got it. And it was such a great word. 
in the face of so much hardship and so much uncertainty of like, yes, Jesus wins. He wins every time. He even wins over COVID-19 and he even wins over the financial implications of what this, like he's got it and we can trust him. And I can't see all of what he's doing yet, but like, I know that he is setting his stage. Like that's one of those things that like I have to remind myself, especially when I get down. And even here and talking to you, I'm like, yeah, that's right. That's right. He's setting the stage for some of his greatest works and his greatest glory. And so where you and I can step back and be like, all right, I'm a hot mess. I'm doing my best. And you know what he's asked me to do today? He's asked me to show up, but he's also asked me to keep my eyes open and to look expectantly for the funny, amazing and unexpected things that he's doing even in this time, which, you know, I mean, it's giving us time to work through issues and to finally organize our pantries and to prioritize our kids playing over our kids knowing, you know, I say, our, I don't have kids, but I just, I have to give such a shout out, like to you mamas, like you're being asked to do the most impossible thing. Like the most impossible thing. You're working, you're you're keeping little humans alive. You're keeping them from killing each other. You're trying to feed them and probably keep the house quiet enough so that somebody else in your house can work too, like your spouse. And it's, it's incredibly hard. Um, I had a conversation through Instagram the other day with a new friend of mine who had posted that somebody had posted and it was, it was probably like a young childless millennial, God bless them. Um, but they were like, you know, if you don't come out of this time having like killed it in your business and, you know, reprioritized your life and all this kind of stuff, like it's been a total waste, you know, and it was very aggressive and I did not appreciate it. And nor did my new friend. And she is a mom and she has two young ones. And she was like, I get what they're saying. And she was like, I'm, you know, even in Enneagram three, like the achiever. And so everything inside of me is like, take advantage of this, like get ahead, like do all the things. But she was like, I am struggling to survive on a daily basis. Like this is the hardest thing ever. And I just want to say to you, like, if you have those kinds of expectations on yourself, like drop it right now, let it go. What we're being asked to do is to be present. We're, we're like, we're just staring down the barrel of being present, right? We're not distracted by, oh, I've got to go meet with this person. Oh, I got to go do this. Oh, I got to whatever. And I get it. Like our work is still happening for a lot of us. Maybe for some of us, it's not, but life is in some cases is still rolling along, but we're now being forced with being present. And let's be honest. We like our lives busy. I'm talking about myself here because we don't want to face necessarily all of the stuff that's going on inside of us. And here's what I want to say to you. It is okay to be present and be messy. It's okay to not want to be present because it's intimidating and it's hard to you. It is more than okay. And it is admirable to come through this and have just survived it. Like if you want to kill it and you want to do these things and you're in a place in your life where you would feel like you're not really accomplishing which all of what you need to accomplish because you your responsibilities and things have been lessened and you can, then you get after it. But I also got to tell you, if you're just like, I'm doing my best to get to 8.30 when the little monsters go to sleep, you know, like let yourself be there. Let it be what it is. So I had actually recorded this entire podcast it was actually a little different a week ago and then realized that my microphone was broken. And so I had to order a new microphone. And I don't know if you know this, but Amazon Prime is not once 
It's not what it once was. We don't get things in two days. It, it takes a little bit longer. We're very grateful for the people who are still working and delivering packages and things. So, um, but I say this to say that April 3rd um, was the day actually that I had set up to do this podcast. And part of the reason I had done it is because of, I'm going to close with this, um, this uh, almost like article or it's a daily um, reading in out of a book by Melody Beattie, who's one of my favorites, um, called The Language of Letting Go. And it's uh, daily meditations on codependency. And so if you're not familiar with codependency, codependency is... Well, first of all, you probably are. We all are. Um, it's where we struggle to hold on to ourselves um, and can get wrapped up in meeting other people's needs and um, accommodating the world around us. And um, it can be the root of um, so much of, we, of what we struggle with, especially as women. You know, I think it, it's everything that everything from like what the world tells us that we should be, how we should be. Um, but I have worked through this book. And I just really love it because it's just kind of a daily reminder of like, you're okay. Everything's going to be okay. And here's what it is. So if you struggle with anxiety, um, if you don't think that you're codependent, but you just like a daily reading that just kind of like calms you down, then I totally recommend you can get it. I'll put the uh, name of the book and the link in the description of the podcast. Okay. So this one was on acceptance. Um, and I read it specifically, like I told you guys earlier, I was in a day where I was just fighting everything that was around me. And, um, I hated being stuck at home and I hated that people were being sick and I hated that people were dying and I hated that people were afraid and I hated that people were losing businesses. And the more that I resisted it, the more that I resisted it, the worse I got, like the more depressed I got, the more angry I got. You can ask Ryan, it was a rough day for him. Anyways, so April 3rd was on acceptance and I'm just going to read this and close and, um, yeah, (sighs) surrender to the moment, write it out and write it through for all it's worth. Throw yourself into it. Stop resisting. So much of our anguish is created when we are in resistance, which is absolutely where I was. So much relief, release, and change are possible when we accept, simply accept. We waste our time, expend our energy, and make things harder by resisting, repressing, and denying. Repressing our thoughts will not make them disappear. Repressing a thought already formed will not make us a better person. Think it. Let it come into reality, then release it. A thought is not forever. If we don't like it, we can think another one or change it. But to do that, we must first accept and release the first thought. Resistance and repression will not change a thing. They will put us at war with our thoughts. We make life harder by resisting and repressing our feelings. No matter how dark, how uncomfortable, how unjustified, how surprising, how inappropriate we might deem our feelings, resisting and repressing them will not free us from them. Doing that will make them worse. They will swirl inside of us, torment us, make us sick, make our body ache, compel us to do compulsive things, keep us awake, or put us to sleep. In the final analysis, all that we're really called on to do is accept our feelings by feeling them and saying, yes, this is what I feel. Side note, even if what you feel is (laughs) feelings are for the present moment. The more quickly we can accept a feeling, the more quickly we will move on to the next. Resisting or repressing thoughts and feelings does not change us or turn us into the person we want to be or think that we should be. 
It puts us in resistance to reality. It makes us repressed. Eventually, it makes us depressed. Resisting events or circumstances in our life does not change things, no matter how undesirable the events or circumstances may be. Acceptance turns us into the person we are and want to be. Acceptance empowers the events and circumstances to turn around for the better. What do we do if we're in resistance in a tug of war with some reality in our life? Accepting our resistance can help get us through that too. Basically, we can accept the fact that we don't like what's happening. Like if you're trying to change yourself, even in saying, I should, I should feel differently about this or I feel better about that, that only prolongs basically our internal suffering. Acceptance does not mean we're giving our approval, but does not mean surrendering to the will and plans of another. It does not mean commitment. It is not forever. It is for the present moment. Acceptance does not make things harder. It makes things easier. Acceptance does not mean we accept abuse or mistreatment. It does not mean we forgo ourselves, our boundaries, hopes, dreams, desires, or wants. It means we accept what is so we know what to do to take care of ourselves and what boundaries we need to set. It means we accept what is and who we are at the moment so we are free to change and grow. Acceptance and surrender move us forward on this journey. Force does not work. All right. Acceptance and surrender two concepts that hurt the most before we do them. Gosh, I'm going to read that again. Acceptance and surrender, two concepts that hurt the most before we do them. And then it closes with this little thought kind of prayer. Today, I will practice accepting myself and my present circumstances. I will begin to watch and trust the magic that acceptance can bring into my life and recovery. So last night, um, as I was going to sleep, I had some people from like a different part of my life that I thought, Oh, I wonder what happened to them. And I ended up, you know, finding him on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and found that seeing their faces, um, in some instances brought back what I would call negative feelings. (laughs) And, um, I know none of you feel that way, but I was just like, Oh, Oh, it's not pretty. And, um, I was struggling with it and I felt like I really heard the Lord say like, it's too heavy for you to carry you need to let it go. And I was like, oh, you know, and then, then you you have the thought of like, what's too heavy for me to carry into tomorrow? Like, what do I need to release tonight before I go to, go to sleep? And, um, I had posted on my Instagram and I'll post it again, but it was that kind of that series of thoughts of like, what's too heavy, too burdensome for you to carry into tomorrow. And my response was me was my response was everything, all the things, all of the things are too heavy to carry in tomorrow. And then, um, I remembered, I just had this thought and I was like, I know that this is true. And yet it's something that I wrestle with a lot. And it was simply this surrender. It used to feel like failure to me, but now it actually feels a lot more like peace. So as crazy as it sounds to accept and surrender, to where we are right now, which is this really strange place that, that if you're me, you just want to fight it and get out of it because it's so uncomfortable and it's so not what you want. Um, the challenge that's before us is to accept it for what it is. We're in a crazy place. Nobody knows how to do this. It's messy. Um, when I got cleaned up the other night, uh, for our happy hour, cause I was like, I need to feel like a girl again. Like I haven't felt like a girl in forever. So I washed my hair. Um, I just had started with a new hairdresser here in Dallas cause I'd moved from San Antonio. And so my hair was a little different and I'm still kind of trying to figure it out and stuff. And so I'd posted a picture of like, this needs to be documented, you know, and people were so sweet and kind. They're like, Oh my gosh, it looks great. It's so beautiful. You know, 
um, I'm still in sweatpants or, you know, whatever. And I was like, oh my gosh, this looks like this is, this is what I've, because I hadn't posted anything in the badness, right? It's like all the people who commented on my Facebook thing that were like, oh, I'm killing it. I'm doing two workouts a day and I'm doing this and this. And all the rest of us who were like, I suck. This is the worst. They're not commenting because nobody wants to be known in that, you know? But even in that place, I was like, oh my gosh, I got to, I got to balance this out. Um, because this is not how I look all the time. Although I am happy my hair looked good for one day and totally want to celebrate that. Definitely want to do that. Not discouraging you from that. But I did follow it up the next day with like, look, I made this giant batch of cookies. This is the cookie as big as my face. My hair looked like, like the closest thing I could tell you that it looked like. It looked like a woman who was in the Oregon trail. Like she'd been on the trail for six months and had completely lost control of her hair and her life. And it was just like, cause it was piled on top of my head and yet it was all falling down at the same time. And I was like, this is a much more accurate representation of Abby Walker in quarantine, like giant cookie, terrible hair, big, crazy eyes. But at the same time, I want you to know, like, this is where I'm at. This is, this is what's happening. Um, so as we can surrender and accept to where we are and also dare to allow ourselves to be known with the lack of gloss and the lack of sheen. Um, I think that's part of the magic of being present and like it's equal parts scary and beautiful, um, weird and totally unfamiliar. And then you'll have moments, you know, where like today I was walking the dog and it's a gorgeous day. Like, I don't know why we got such a crazy cool front this late in the year, but it was spectacular. And there was such joy in my heart to just get to be outside. And the fact that I was working through some stuff this morning of like, let it be just whatever it is, like, let it be whatever. You don't have to prove yourself to anybody today. You don't, you know, like nobody's going to see you anyways. So some of that just like takes the pressure off, I think, especially as women. Um, but let yourself be where you are. And if today, like if, if you find that, you know, working on the homeschool with your kids so stresses you out, then like, don't do it this week. Just don't like pick and choose, find where you are. You know why? Because I'm not a teacher. Probably the teacher's like, no, don't do that. But this is this crazy time where we do get to reevaluate, like, what is the most important thing to us here? Like, what are the most important things to us in our lives? And what are you showing your kids? And what are we showing our husbands and our families and all that kind of stuff? Like, we're doing the best that we can. And sometimes the best we can is messy. No, let me take that back. Always the best that we can is often very, very messy. And I don't necessarily like messy, like when I'm in it, but if you ask me to choose between like perfect and clean and polished and messy, I'm going to pick messy every time because messy is approachable. Perfect is intimidating. And so in this place, like, I just want to challenge you, like be willing to be that first friend who's like, Hey, here's my mess. This is what's happening. Don't be the first person who's like, here's my perfect, like this, whatever. Um, because our connection I think comes in the places of honesty, but if you are finding success in great places, then totally share that too. I'm not trying to shame the people who are killing it in quarantine. I just don't happen to be one of them. Okay. (laughs) But you know what I'm doing? I'm finding I'm in a better place than I was a week ago. I'm in a better place than I was two weeks ago. And we're all just trying to learn how to do it. So the point of everything in this message and this podcast and everything today is that this is a super weird, like what the hell is happening? I don't know how to navigate it place on a daily moment by moment basis. And you know what? That's okay. 
And you, by just even remotely checking in and being aware of it, you're doing a great freaking job. You're a badass. You're a badass for showing up and living through this really strange place. And the more grace that you give yourself, the more love and grace will come out of you towards others. And like, may we all just be like my garbage man who's like, we gonna be all right. We gonna be all right. And I was like, we are gonna be all right. I needed to hear that. (laughs) So we're gonna be all right. We're gonna make it. I love you guys. I'm so grateful for you. I really am going to try and make an effort um, to keep putting at least one of these out a week, especially right now while we're in quarantine, um, maybe more so. And I want you to hear a commitment from me to embrace more of the lack of sheen, lack of perfection, lack of I've got it all together. And if making that noise multiple times on a podcast doesn't really bring me down to reality and authenticity, I don't really know what does. So have a great day. Find a way to laugh today. Sit in the sun if you can. Um, If you got questions or you, you know, I don't know, like to know how you have anything to say about anything, just send me an email um, at abby at highstrungwoman.com and uh, I'll do my best to to be honest and let's, let's talk through it because connection is absolutely key right now. You guys are awesome. Mamas, you are absolute badasses. Wives, single ladies, every, every, wherever you are, whatever you're doing by showing up and continuing to try and do this thing called life, you're a badass, you're my hero, and I will talk to you next time.